You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are rolling on with season five of Nip Tuck, um, getting into the, the meat of things now a little bit. We're, uh, we're all the way into uh, episode four. Um, this is Dawn Budge Part Two. Well, Dawn Dawn Budge Two, however you, you might like to say that. Dawn Budge the Second. Um, anyway, um, this episode first came out on November the twentieth, uh, two thousand and seven. It was um, written by Jennifer Salt, directed by Charles Hayde. Uh, my name is Nick, and uh, you're one kinky bitch, aren't you? And my name is Ben, and I feel like I need to ask a higher permission to ex- examine your breasts. <laughs> yes, this is a, a quite a religiously themed episode. It's been a little while since we've had, you know, we had quite a bit of this kind of, um, you know, especially the Catholic stuff in season one and two, and it seemed to kind of fade out. You know, a little bit of the the Scientology stuff, of course, but now we're back into, uh, yeah, back back into the religious stuff again. I don't know what you what you make of it. If that's something you enjoy, but. Uh, I think even if you don't, there's uh, plenty of interesting stuff in this episode to talk about. Well, considering the very first episode of this, I binned was Agatha Rip, and a lot of the reason why I did was <laughs> purely because of the religious stuff in it. You, I think you feel, well, you should guess where a lot of my opinion will be on this episode. Um, I mean, it's it's not just that that kind of puts me off this episode. I mean, I'm not saying this is the worst episode of all time, but I, I'm not too high on this episode. I think there's just... Um, you know, and this is disappointing because I usually do love a good Dawn Budge episode, but there's just, again, issues with this, kind of how it, it plays out, and a lot of it to do with, like, just the random storylines that we're going to get that just kind of, it's, they play off each other, that, and then they don't, and then they kind of are there, but they're there for no purpose whatsoever, and it's just kind of blink and you miss and you forget about it. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to be intrigued to see where we go with this episode. Yeah, oh, well, we can uh, get right into talking about Dawn because she op- actually opens the episode for us. She's been um, um, hang gliding in, in Canada and in Calgary um, and was attacked by a bald eagle, um, which is an interesting way to set up the episode. I think kind of the makeup they do on her, kind of, her cut-up lip is pretty good. Um, and um, the thing I don't like about this scene is the, the really cheesy reenactment. I think <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit unnecessary. But I do like the kind of setup that, you know, she's back, she's followed them all the way to California because, you know, they're the only ones that she trusts to um, to carve up their face, and um, this is going to be a bit of a turning moment for for Dawn. So, uh, no, looking looking forward to talking about that. But yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm not not the biggest on the, the kind of the, the music behind it. It's all rather cheesy, um, and you know, like the kind of Jurassic Park like you know um, cutting of the hang glider and things like that. It's, it seemed a bit overplayed, but uh, yeah. You know I'm going to like this then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just love the way they always reenact Dawn's things. And I just like it is completely cheesy and terribly over the top, but it just kind of always works when it comes to Dawn storylines. Um, and that song in the background is called "Young Folks" by Peter Bjorn and John, which I swear was used in every single TV show in 2007. Um, I think they use that to sell Californication so much, and that just started around about this time around. But um, it was big in the big in the day. They just use that so much. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of always works with Dawn when um. You kind of have these over-the-top sort of cheesy little uh, montages things. But the thing that kind of, you know, gets me with this is, like, they kind of have this bit there where she's all like, oh, you know, I'd never felt more alive. You know, I saw colours were brighter and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know, this, it feels like there's something more on that storyline that they just never explore. And then they kind of mention, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to be the first person, first, what, the second female civilian to go into space and all these kind of things that they kind of allude to, which... 
I feel you could almost explore more, but you just kind of never get. But, um, and I think kind of that's just a lot of what this episode is. There's just potential, but it just doesn't really go anywhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I love Rosie O'Donnell. I went over that last season. I always love her coming into, uh, this show because I just think her character is just so much fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's an interesting little montage bit that they do do with all this. Yeah, it's funny. And, um, you're right. I had kind of forgotten that. This has become a bit of a theme now that whenever Dawn comes in, we get a reenactment, you know, because obviously the last one was when she got earjacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I think that um, there's also a bit of a theme here that Dawn comes in and she's unhappy and, um, you know, through her, um, you know, interactions with these two doctors is that, you know, something changes and, and she ends up a lot happier at the end of the episode and it's going to be true for this one too. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that. But, uh, yeah, obviously she's, um, you know, she's really excited. She would like to meet um, um, Aiden Stone, you know, the Bradley Cooper character, um, and she's hoping Sean will make an introduction. So, yeah, and then she kind of makes a comment about the, the co-star. She doesn't realise <laughs> that uh, Sean's dating her and that she's putting on weight. And, um, yeah, so it's a kind of a bit of an, an awkward start to the to the episode and, and that and that kind of then follows through into you know you get after the credits and we get the whole thing about, um you know uh kate and 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 shauna uh, you know uh, into it in bed and then um you know she professes her love rolls over and he finds an m&m in the bed which is pretty hilarious and then like finds all these pack empty packets of m&ms it's um it, it is pretty funny yeah and it's kind of the thing that kind of since you pointed out a few weeks ago about them not having chemistry, I just I just really see it every single time they're on screen. And I used to actually really like the Kate character, but I find myself just really not getting into this character at all. Um, and it's kind of, she just always seems to play the victim, um, which, okay, fair enough, she's got a problem, I understand that, like, it's, it's kind of, they're playing off this sort of eating disorder storyline, which I guess we haven't really seen a whole lot of in Nip Tuck, um, well, at least through the main characters, I should say. Um, so I understand that, but she just, I don't know, she just kind of comes across as whiny and just, just the way she kind of goes about things. So, I mean, it is funny. It is absolutely funny that you got an M&M in the bed and she's got, what, like five packets. Uh, and then when Sean sort of questions her and it's like, why is there a peanut M&M in the bed? And it's like, oh, cause I don't like the regular ones. Um, it's kind of just, you know, the way she sort of plays off it. But, um, yeah, um, you know, just, this is the part of the season where she says that she loves him. And then, you know, that's obviously going to be a, a point in the next couple of episodes. But, um, yeah, this time around, I'm just not sold too much on Kate. And I'm probably going to blame you for that. But it's probably a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm totally there in terms of, um, you know, that she just comes across as a bit wooden for me, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, I, I like the storyline. I just think that she's maybe not her and Sean, um, Dylan Walsh, you know, they just don't really have the chemistry. And I think that's kind of the hard thing to deal with here. But, um you know, being the typical Sean character is that, you know, he wants to help her and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, he's going to help her and find some good food. And, you know, they, she's got a stash of marshmallow fluff in the, in the <laughs> toilet, stuff? which is so weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, so he wants to help. He's not just going to, um, because he does say to her, you know, like, I'm not, I'm, um, I'm not proud of the fact, but you know, like I, I, I don't want a fat girlfriend basically. And, um, but, Instead of just saying, you know, it's your problem, deal with it. He's, you know, he wants to help her, which, you know, you've got to give him some credit for that. And that's what we love, I think, about the Sean character. He is, um, yeah, he's, def- he's definitely uh, good for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, at least he's honest. I mean, it's, it is one of those tricky things that, you know, females will trap men in too, and those sort of comments, do I look fat in this? 
Um, you know, it's kind of, there's never a right answer there. So I guess kind of Sean goes for the absolute honesty card and it kind of works. But, um, yeah, I'm intrigued about this marshmallow fluff stuff that she's hiding in a baggie in the top of a toilet. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know how I would feel about that. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden I found out that I'm with someone who's doing that. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I didn't know you needed to keep that stuff, um, on ice, but anyway, <laughs> uh, no, it, it's pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, so we come back and we've got the, the kind of pre-surgery stuff with Dawn and, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's really unhappy and, you know, wants to go and, and, you know, go on set and Sean's saying no. And then we get this whole thing about, you know, um, Christian and Wilbur have been seeing whales from their deck and now, you know, he's saying, oh, the only whale he saw was between the sheets and, you know, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's just a bit where we, you know, about Dawn, she finds out she's going to have to have her wire, her mouth wide shut or whatever for a couple of weeks. And I don't know, was it, was that in this part? Or did yeah. Talk about that in the end? Yeah. I think it isn't yeah. Christian saying something about, um, you know, oh, the world is going to be a nicer place now or something, isn't it? Well, you would assume that they've told her that a little bit sooner, wouldn't you? Um, that, yeah, that she's not just finding that out as she's lying on the table. So I'm assuming that's just a drop line somewhere that we didn't totally need to know. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we kind of go into the surgery scene. And, the, again, I just want to point out the fact that, you know, we get the really on-the-nose music choice of come fly with me, which just annoys me. But, yeah, I think the surgery scene's quite cool. I think it's um, another one of those quite – it's not super graphic, but it's actually um, – yeah, I, I think it's um, – yeah, it's it's – an effective one in terms of that kind of visual side of things. Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of what I think we were mentioning a few weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, when we were kind of talking about how the the surgery stuff sort of taken a back seat a lot of the times, uh, which is, you know, not necessarily always a bad thing. But, I mean, you know, we're straight into this, aren't we? I mean, we're just kind of starting this episode and here we are straight into, you know, our titular character and it's it's surgery straight away. And, I mean, you know me, I'm not as bad down on the, the over-the-top music um, with it, Um but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's good to sort of get this sort of, um, you know, moment here with it. And like, I mean, to me, this episode's not starting off badly. I think this episode kind of starts off pretty good. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, for me, it's going to take a downward turn very soon. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I just want to point out with the music is that I don't hate the song or anything like that. I just wish it wasn't quite so on the nose. I think that, you know, season one and two of Nip Tuck, I think they were really good at finding, you know, kind of subtle songs that you like that didn't necessarily kind of hit you over the head that they were connected to the surgery. And we seem to have gotten away from that a little bit, which is a bit of a shame, but, um, they should be playing like, you know, uh, Eagle Rock or something like that. Or you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, how big that was in America, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we kind of we uh, then move on, and um, Annie has turned up, so you're going to be happy about that, I assume. Um, she wants um, liposuction um, on her ass, and she is it her ass that she's that she's requesting it on. It was like this one spot somewhere, yeah. Um, and she wants um, liposuction, and you know, Sean pretty pretty quickly kind of ascertains that um, you know it, it's Eden's influence is is kind of forcing her hand here a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is something that's uh, going to set up a little bit of what what happens on the rest of this episode. So it's a pretty simple scene, really. But um, I'm not sure if you've got anything you want to add here. I just love where the direction of Annie goes this episode. I mean, what is she like? Eleven, ten, eleven? Um, so <laughs> kind of what she's going to end up doing this episode? Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, Eden. What can we say? 
yes, well, I mean, there's there's always fun to have with Eden, but uh, yeah, we're we're definitely going to get to get to that point. Uh, and then we kind of move back into the uh, yeah. If, if there's nothing there more there to talk about, we can move into the the kind of Christian standing in as being a jiggler. I'm not quite sure how he knows again that um, you know where where this person's going to be. There seems to be a little bit of information dropped here. Is he just hanging around and hoping that if he sits there with a, a you know a drink that's not his, that somebody's going to eventually come over? Um, I don't know, but but anyway, um, you know this this patient uh, patient uh, um, client Gwen comes along and um, yeah, she's basically uh, got a fairly unusual request, which you know she talks through and you kind of see it and and I guess w- what you would call a flash forward. Um, you know she's talking about what she wants him to do and then you more or less see it happening. Um, and yeah, this is all about you know filling up a, a bathtub full of ice and. Um, you know, she's going to get in, it's going to drop her body temperature, and he's more or less going to fuck her back to life, is, is more or less where this is going. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm shortening the version a little bit, but that's basically what's going to happen here. We, look, I, I always assume that kind of since Christian started doing this, he's somehow put his name out there and he's getting clients, because the way she kind of approaches him and says, like, oh, I hear your... Um, you know, open to unusual scenarios. So I kind of just assume that he somehow is advertising under a false name and all this sort of stuff. That's just kind of what I get. Um, right. But I mean... This- it's, just, it's a bit weird that we kind of, you know, he seems to have gone from like, you know, accidentally coming across this once to now he's a full-on gigolo that's kind of turning up and getting these really kinky requests. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. half my problem with kind of this and this storyline. It's kind of... Um, it starts, it's like kind of like a nice little shock, but then all of a sudden it's like this becomes almost like a thing. Like, yeah, somehow, again, we don't know how much time has passed between last episode and this episode. He seemed to have taken this on board. And I mean, what, what's the purpose of him? Like, it's, it's not like, I just don't understand it. It's, he had the thing with Julia. All of a sudden he's a gigolo and this just goes away. That's it. It's done. Like, th- there's no more explanation. It's just, it seems purely then to be used in this episode to get him to pray for something and, for what? Like, uh, I'll give Agatha rip at least seems to, makes him come to, come to term with what happened to him when he was younger. To me, there's no purpose of anything of happening in this episode with him and the nun. So this is like my big issue with this episode. And it's kind of, I mean, it's, this no doubt is an actual sexual fantasy because, you know, there are lots of weird ones out there. I'm not doubting this is real. Uh, but it's just kind of, it's, it's unusual the way kind of Christian reacts to this and, when he eventually ends up showing up to this woman, she's basically already dead by the time he gets there. So, like, and I don't understand. Like, she turns around and says to him at this point, oh, I've already got a room booked upstairs. So, why isn't this happening straight away? Um, So, yeah, I just, I mean, I have nothing against the actress playing Gwen. I have kind of nothing against this sort of, you know, the way they edit it. I think I like these sort of nip-tuck moments where they do this. Like, we saw it with the carver. We saw it back with... um Oh, the guy who wanted to chop his leg off, you know, kind of these visions of sort of flash sideways, forwards, whatever you want to call them. But it's just, this is just to me where the storyline just gets weird and it's, there's no purpose to this. There's, it's not like we revisit this in a few weeks and a month or, you know, next season and like, oh, remember that time I was a gigolo? It's just there. It's, it's kind of like our, you know, dare I say it, FBI storyline that's just there for the purpose of nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of where this is going to go to. I guess I'll probably tie it back a little bit to what came before it, which is, you know, like he's been, you know, basically rejected by Julia and this is his way of dealing with it is, is to, you know, in, in typical Christian style as he bounces from one thing to the next and, you know, he, 
his his way of dealing with this is to do something really extreme and over the top. So I kind of see it from that perspective, but definitely get your your concerns about this scene as well. And yeah, we're going to come back to this a little bit later. You know, the, the stakes will be a little bit higher as as we go forwards. But uh, the next scene we then get is um, we get uh, a scene between Sean and Julia arguing about Annie, and uh, Olivia gets involved. Um, yeah, so it's uh, you know this is kind of we're getting into. Um, basically, you know, that Sean's really unhappy with Eden's involvement and, you know, so this obviously um, directly impacts on Olivia and Olivia walks in and, and gets involved in this kind of thing as well. Um, Olivia blaming Sean for, you know, the, the whole plastic surgery thing that, it's, you know, gives these girls a, an unrealistic expectation. And we then cut to, you know, upstairs, uh, you know, well, I assume it's upstairs, you know, Eden and... Um, and uh, Annie, Annie uh, look, <laughs> you're forgetting yeah, a name so too. How, <laughs> yeah, how can, how can I forget that? Yeah, and, you know, like basically saying that um, you know Annie is, is six pounds overweight or whatever it is, and you know there's only two ways we can deal with this. You know, like you can just not eat or you can throw up, and you know it ends with Annie kind of throwing up into the bin. It's um, yeah, it's this is something that we probably haven't touched on a lot, and um, is kind of these these body issues before with. Um, especially with females, and, you know, it's, it's not an area that we've probably a bit of fertile ground for a show like Nip Tuck. I'm surprised we kind of haven't been here before already, or, or have we, and I'm just forgetting. No, not really. I mean, not really with any of our main group. Um, and I, this is the thing, I mean, we sort of had it slightly with um, Kimber, didn't we, I think, at one point, maybe sort of was mentioned. But, um, I mean, like, this is the thing with the Julia Olivia stuff. It's... You know, these two are meant to be in love and all this sort of stuff. But, like, how dumb is Julia to not see what Sean is seeing? I just don't understand it. Like, you've got your, what, 11, 12-year-old daughter who, you know, has been innocent little Annie when, when you remember. Maybe this just shows the parenting skills of Julia that she doesn't even realise she has a daughter. The fact that, you know, you've got your daughter wanting liposuction <laughs> within how long of hanging out with this girl? And this has only happened since you've kind of come along to to having this girl in your life and all of a sudden like you're gonna notice the signs of her like having eating disorders and things like that because you know we're seeing this kind of pretty confronting stuff of eating like basically forcing her to into bulimia um you know i mean through all this kind of storyline i think it's very graphic stuff and you know i think that uh you know annalee mccord does a really good job kind of just the acting side of things here as does kelsey battle and i just think it's, it's a nice well, say nice scene it's obviously not nice content but it's kind of it's very well done and very believable that but i just don't understand how julia is so dumb to this and how basically siding with olivia i mean you gotta understand olivia she, you know this man who she's only known for a little bit is kind of basically coming in and you know taking you know defending her daughter but why is julia just so naive to this so i just i just don't understand it because i mean particularly next episode and this is kind of just backtracking what you're saying about the christian stuff like i agree like what you were saying kind of what they're doing i just think they do it poorly i just think it's kind of the way they they do that with christian because we're going to get next episode spoiler alert it's kind of all forgotten about and it's all about kind of you know this this christian versus eden all of a sudden so i think kind of the way these two episodes bounce off each other it just it doesn't make sense when you watch them back to back because you've kind of got christian you know, so distraught and broken over Julia returning to prostitution in terms of him selling himself out that he gets a nun basically cures him and the next time around he's the one that makes Julia see what Sean is trying to make Julia see. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a bit bounces all over the place here, but, um, you know, the strong acting, great stuff between Annie and, and Eden, but, uh, yeah, I just, dumb Julia. Just how are you not seeing this? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd totally agree with you there. I'd, I'd say probably just to defend a little bit, I think, I think um, Sean comes in pointing the finger 
um, you know, accusing everybody. Um, whereas in the next episode, you probably get a little bit more of Christian um, being that slightly more manipulative, you know, work behind the scenes, um, you, you know, to kind of make things work in his favour, you know, like plant evidence and things like that. It's kind of, you know, if these two were survivor players, you know, um, there's no doubt that Christian would be the better survivor player because uh, he's just better at those kind of manipulative actions that kind of get him what he wants. And, you know, Sean's very fly off the handle, um, get, get himself in trouble and, um, you know, like it, it, he always has the better intentions, but he's not always the best at kind of portraying them. So, True. yeah, I think, it, I think it, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, and then we get this, um, I have to say, this is the scene that I find the weirdest that kind of comes from nowhere um, <laughs> is, you know, Dawn, um, you know, she can't talk, obviously, so she's communicating through this blackboard that she's writing on and this guy just turns up out of nowhere to collect a stool sample. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it's an incredibly awkward scene. It's a weird scene. And, yeah, it's just out completely out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, we're obviously going to get um, a bit of an answer later in the episode as to what this is about. But when you're watching this in the moment, it's um, this is one of those things I had completely forgotten about. Um, is this something that kind of comes back up or is this just a one-episode thing and then it's completely forgotten it's, about it? It's a one-episode thing. And this is the thing that I think kind of what would be unique with this is that it's it's a unique idea because, I, 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 again, I would assume this is something that sadly has probably happened in real life. Um, oh, totally. So I just, I kind of feel this is something that they could, because, like, you get no resolution. I mean, is, is the only resolution to this that Freddy basically finds out he's actually gay because he gets a finger in his bum like is that kind of what that's leading to and even if that's the case we don't really get a resolution to that for a few more episodes so um yeah i don't know like i it is it's so random it's so out of the place and i swear there has to be some sort of deleted scene or something that this kind of was with this because it just it just it doesn't go anywhere but i just think this is something like have this as like a multi-episode thing where they've got to catch the ass bandit i kind of think that would be like a, a fun little storyline but they don't do it yeah. I do wonder if this is something that maybe they thought about, um, you know, a bit of a Mrs. Grubman type thing that, you yeah. know, like they're on that, you know, Dawn could use it over them to, to you know, as leverage. And um, they obviously just never really utilize it in that way. But yes, as I say, we will definitely be coming back to that. Um, and then we cut into what I think is the most interesting part of this episode is um, obviously this nun. And do we ever get a name for her? Is she have a sister, somebody? Like, I know he calls her sister. but uh, According to IMDb, she's nun. So, okay. <laughs> Tamara so Marie she, Watson so, as none. <laughs> so her name, so name equals none. There is none. Yes. Um, but, but anyway, um, yeah, it, it's an old blackout joke for those that are following at home. But um, yeah, it's, um, I do really like, so like this character has come in, it's, you know, she's become a nun later in life and um, she wants to get a breast reduction surgery because, you know, she's finding that parishioners are, are looking at her breasts far too much. And um, I think we're probably going to have some similar thoughts to this as we did with the Agatha Rip episode that me as a um, a former practicing Catholic can probably appreciate where this is going a little bit more than perhaps you can as somebody that hasn't experienced this before. But a lot of this kind of, you know, not that I've known any nuns with big boobs, but, you know, a lot of the kind of the motivations behind this kind of um, ring true to me a little bit, or, you know, I can kind of see where they're coming from. And obviously Ryan Murphy's a Catholic as well. So he's coming with a little bit of a background to this. Um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting setup. I, you know, like whether or not you like the payoff, I do like the idea behind it, you know, that somebody, you know, we're in this whole culture where everybody wants big boobs and hers are a bit of a, um, you know, not for any other reason than that. They kind of, um, you know, they go against what she's trying to do with the religious stuff is that it ends up being something that's a hindrance to her. So I do like it. I think it's a little bit of a different setup. So, uh, 
yeah, and I, I actually do really like the way Julian McMahon acts this scene as well. I think he's kind of, you know, it, it's this is almost like a real challenge for him is can he flirt with a nun and kind of get away with it? And, and um, yeah, I just, I like his acting. He, he seems to be really enjoying himself in these scenes. Look, I, similar to what I said with Agatha Rip, I feel, is that I don't necessarily have a problem with the storyline and the content. I think it's kind of, it's a unique idea. I agree with you. It's just when it gets so preachy with things, and that's going to be my issue with all of this, because I feel that you could have done a lot more with this storyline and kind of take, leave the Dawn stuff and this stuff into two separate episodes. Um, and then again, we've got a 22 episode season here, so there really isn't a whole lot of excuses for why you couldn't do it. Um, and I just kind of feel that it could have been explored more. And I, again, I understand everything that you're saying, but I just, I just don't like it the fact that they will tie this in to something that will happen with Christian's gigolo antics and because he's praying and all this. I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of how that will all go. I like how it starts. I agree with you. I think the acting's great. Uh, I kind of think just, you know, the, the reason she's doing it and you kind of find this background and everything to what, to it all. Um, I mean, it gets a bit strange when I guess Christian sort of attempts to what sexually assault her i don't want to say that i don't know what how you would even describe it we'll get to that scene but um yeah it's just uh, i don't know i just i'm not a fan of this christian i'm not a fan of christian in this episode yeah i'm just gonna say it i just don't like how it you know this kind of stuff happens and i'm generally fine with christian sort of being moody and sort of deep and serious but there's just something about me that does not work for me christian this episode at all so yeah, we're definitely going to be varying viewpoints on this whole storyline. Yeah, and I mean, I, I actually really enjoy it, and I think um, we probably... Um, I, I had kind of lumped in the uh, the kind of pre, the pre-op consultation here where he's actually examining her. I had kind of lumped that in, but I guess it's probably something that we should talk about here as well, is that, you know... Um, you know, we find out that you know he he's kind of examining her and talks about her having nice boobs and that kind of thing. And I, I never really took it as sexual assault. I mean, I think well, he kind of gropes just, her. <laughs> I mean, that's... I, I so, but I mean, you know, you could say that about any surgeon who's doing you know preoperative. You know, they they're groping somebody, and um, yeah, I you know, I I don't really take it that way. I think um, yeah. And anyway, we find out that you now she used to be a heroin addict, and you know, God saved her and, and this kind of stuff, and. Um, yeah, and I mean, is, is this where we find out a little bit, or is it later on that uh, he he basically tells her about his, you know, his um, kind of experiences with the church? Is that here, or is that later on? I don't know. So later on, isn't it when she's going into surgery, yeah. she's got the pendant because that's when uh, right. she mentions about the Australia and the rain thing or something like that. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. I just I had forgotten when that happens in the episode, but um, I think that that kind of that kind of turns things a little bit. Um, so maybe yeah, in this moment it feels a little bit creepy, but um, it very quickly kind of resolves when he's pretty upfront to, about her, you know, to her about what he's experienced. So yeah. Anyway, and then we kind of you know uh, in the middle of the Sean comes in. There's a misunderstanding with Dawn. Um, basically, we find out about this ass bander, and um, yeah, I'm just going to say you know the same thing that we've said many many times. The reception staff at uh, <laughs> Uh, Troy, we, we may have moved to a new city, but the reception staff are no better. Um, you know, they've let this guy wander onto the premises. Um, well, they say yeah. that too. Doesn't, doesn't Sean say something like, um, oh, are you afraid that she's going to sue us because of our lack of security? It's like lack of anyone else in yeah. your office. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and, uh, you know, like, I, I do like that they kind of start thinking it's been a hallucination, but uh, then Liz kind of fills them in on this kind of thing. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, that this happens again in the same episode. Um, it, it's just not good, is it? Uh, and to somebody yeah, who knows you know, about yeah. it, like, I know we're jumping ahead because Dawn's told Freddie about this. We haven't even got to their meeting yet. But, I mean, Freddie yeah. knows about this. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and so obviously, you know, the... the um, the kind of way to resolve this is basically that um, Sean takes her on a tour, a tour of the set. She gets to meet Kate, and uh, you know Kate's leading her away to um, to meet Bradley Cooper, and that's when a light falls on her um, again in a, in a slightly over dramatic fashion. But um, you know she kind of wakes up to see Freddie leaning over her to you know the sounds of Dreamweaver, which I love. I think yes. like, yeah, this is the second Wayne's World reference we've made this season. But uh, here we go again. Um, now talking about the because I remember that from Wayne's World as well. Um, she could do, give a dog a bone, you know, that kind of, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, I think that that's really good. Um, yeah. And so I, I just, I just love all this kind of stuff. Um, I guess in the middle of this, we also find out Sean jumps on the phone and he finds out that Annie's been, um, has been suspended or expelled from school or whatever it is, but uh, yeah. we'll get to the moment. Uh, but yeah, this, this is great. I, I love all this stuff. It's a, it's a great little comedic moment. Um, yeah. And I think it's a lot of fun. I always remember watching this episode thinking they just killed her. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is again what I just love about the Dawn character. It's just that she just is so damn unlucky, like, since she's won this lottery. Uh, I just kind of like that. I mean, it's sort of, you know, through loss with kind of Hurley and, you know, all the bad luck that happens to him. I just kind of like that when you get these people who win the lottery and sort of they always have bad luck because of it. Um, so yeah, and I just, I love, I'm with you, just the Dreamweaver stuff when he, when she wakes up. It's like, hi, I'm Freddy. Are you okay? <laughs> um, but like, everyone's so like blase and calm about the fact that this giant light like falls on someone. Um, yes. but yeah, it's, it's a hilarious thing. Like, as much as I'm going to, you know, with the differing opinions of this episode, I, I'm not going to fault the Dawn stuff. I think the Dawn stuff is a standout. Whether or not that's going to be enough to save me from my ratings, I'll have to wait till the end of this episode. But, yeah, all the Dawn stuff's great. Yeah, and, I mean, she she always brings it. You know, Rosie O'Donnell, yeah, she's made, made a bit of a fan out of me um, throughout this whole series. You know, I was never much of a, a Rosie O'Donnell fan, but, yeah, I have really enjoyed what we've got with this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, so... Um, it's uh, it's then into the scene where Annie's at the principal's office. Uh, so she's what has she been suspended or has she been expelled? I can't, no, it's because it's a zero tolerance. Thing, I think she's been because expelled, she's a, hasn't she? She's been expelled. Yep, you're right because she's had a liaison with a fellow student. I'm she like, was giving somebody head. Like she's like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me a little while to kind of figure out exactly what had happened here because they don't actually say it. There's like liaison, and then like you get filled in a little bit later on. That yeah, she was giving you know giving somebody a blowjob, but yeah. It's <laughs> I don't know absolutely. why I find it so funny. I just always find this hilarious. That and it kind of like ties in well, like back to when like Eden was obviously like basically making a vomit, and then she's like, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, how am I going to get him to like me? And then kind of she's just like, okay, well, Plan C. You know, so Eden just basically said, you need to get this guy and you know get it out of his pants and go to town. Um, yeah. I mean, like, again, how old, like, is the guy that she's after? Like, I, I kind of almost like the way they leave it open-ended, because, I mean, I guess it's a touchy subject, having, like, what, like a 10, 11-year-old, you know, caught in this situation. Um, yeah. But I just, I don't know, like, it, it, kind of, as you said, you don't really know straight away what she's done, but then you sort of alluded to, but it's just, I just find it hilarious for some reason. He's little Annie, little innocent Annie, 
uh, has been caught. And, like, this is to me something that, again, why aren't people more shocked about this? Because she lives in a household with her parents doing everything that they do, her brother doing what he does. This surely isn't a shock that little innocent Annie is going to turn out to do some of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and the thing we get kind of in the middle of all this as well is that her phone goes off and she gets a text from Eden, you know, telling her to stay stay tough or whatever the hell it said. Um, yeah, and basically, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we find it it's a zero tolerance. And so, yeah, she basically, uh, she gets um, gets expelled. You know, Sean goes over to um, confront Eden about this and uh, she gets naked, as you do. Oh, well, I mean, that's, you know, what you'd expect. But I, I love, like, again, as much as I'm going to be down in this episode, I love this scene. It's great, again, between Sean and, and Eden, and kind of it's what implied here that uh, Eden's basically giving favours to the principal. What does he say? Like, oh, he loves it when I, like, lick his balls or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I love this kind of scene, just the way it is. And the way it's sort of edited that you can, like, obviously watching this on DVD, you know, you can, it's straight into the next scene, but you can tell the bit where they would have had a commercial when she removes the towel. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, this kind of overtly sexual, you know, teenager just manipulating her way into these people's lives. And, you know, again, I'm not going to be down on anything to do with the Eden storyline, and not just for obvious reasons. I think it's just, it's it's great, kind of this power that she wields over everyone. I think she's just, like, you really do dislike her because she's just, she gets her way so easily, I think. But it's just, it's kind of, it's so well done, I feel. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, I mean, Kate's just such a manipulative character. You know, you just, you have to love this. And this kind of scene, I think there's some awesome acting between both these two in the scene. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, I mean, she's just this evil piece of work, but you just you just have to love it. And um, yeah, basically saying that you know, um, you know, stay away from my daughter type of thing. And um, yeah, he again we get with the manhandling a little bit. You know, that he kind yeah. of pushes her off to the bed, and it's all you know. You kind of wonder where this is about to go. And um, you know, she's totally relaxed, like just got this kind of smirk across her face the whole time. And um, you know, she's not she's not worried about it at all. Well, that line um, she yeah. says when it's like, are you worried that I'll corrupt Annie or that I'll corrupt you? Like, I think that's just a very smart line. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I'm just, every time Annie, um, Annie every time um, Eden's on scene, I'm just absolutely loving it. You know, I think it's really, really well done. Um, and, you know, I just, I can't get enough of it, really. Um, but then we kind of move into the, um, you know, we're into a pre-surgery here with the nun. Um, looks a bit different without the habit on. Um <laughs> But yeah, and uh, yeah, and this is what we were alluding to earlier that you know she takes off her um, her Saint Christopher necklace and, and asks the doctor to kind of keep it for her while she gets surgery done. Um, and um, yeah, and this is where he kind of reveals his background um, in terms of you know what he's kind of been through. You know, that he was ten years old, and you know, um, and Mister Troy and the things he was doing to him. And um, and we get the Australia line in here. I don't want to miss that. I'm sure you want to talk about that. Uh, about you know she talks about the power of prayer and that you know. Um, you know, was it Victoria or something? And they needed rain, and the prime minister asked for them to rain, and it did rain. And yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird thing to be talking about, but I wouldn't want to uh, miss your opportunity to to note out the Australia reference there. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's 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 a pretty good scene, I think, as we kind of go into the surgery. Look, I um, double checked this because I vaguely remember something about one of our prime ministers praying and. Um, it was John Howard, 2007, obviously just before he got ousted. Uh, basically, you know, we were in a drought and he asked for people to pray. Now, the whole bit about it raining the next day, I cannot 
confirm if that happened or not. I tried to find out if that happened and nothing I could find out said that that actually happened the next day. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of, it's, it's weird to hear Julian McMahon in an American accent talking about Australia when he's actually Australian. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's, I just don't see the point of this. I just don't see the point in this. We, we get it. Christian struggles with his faith. We've seen this before. And it's, again, it's not like, I just feel it's underutilized and everything that they do with this. It, it's only really going to be used for him to have some faith with his gigolo career. Like, play this more into the Julia stuff somehow. I don't know. But I just, I just don't get the purpose of any of this. And that's my biggest problem with all this storyline in this episode. And it's just the fact that it does kind of get preachy with it. You know, we're, we're hearing about this power of the prayer. The prime minister did this. You can't argue with the facts. Like, it's just kind of like, like, please, like, you know, you can argue with the facts. I'm sorry. You can. Like, rain happens. Um, you know, it's, it's scientifically possible for it to rain within 24 hours of somebody uttering the word prayer. And it doesn't necessarily mean that a higher power has made it happen. Okay. If you believe in that sort of stuff, all the power to you. But at the same time, if you don't believe in that sort of stuff, anyway, um, I'm going on a rant. I just, yeah, I just don't like this stuff. I just, I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah, and I guess probably the issue we've got here is that we don't really have a storyline for, for Christian. We've obviously got yeah, stuff with, exactly. we've got lots going on with Sean in terms of, you know, we've got the, um, the Kate relationship, the Eden stuff. We've also got the, you know, although we've not seen lots of it, you know, his, his role on the show, on the Hearts and Scalpel show. Um, so yeah, I think that there's lots happening for Sean, but, there's not a lot happening on the. It's a bit of a lull on the Christian story here. So yeah, you might be right in that. It's it's you know because it kind of doesn't lead to anything bigger in the season for him. That it's it's you know potentially a bit of a throwaway. But I'm having fun watching it, and so you know I don't feel like I need every moment to be part of a bigger storyline. So yeah, I mean I definitely hear your criticisms, but for me it's it's not a major. It's, it's not something that um, I'm really dwelling on. Um, but yes, I mean I would agree that we probably need to move on and, and make sure we've got a decent storyline for Christian. So stuff should be kind of yeah. starting to build into something. I, yeah, I would just quickly say that yeah I agree. Like I'm not. I should always clarify that I'm not necessarily saying that every little thing that happens in an episode should be on a bigger scheme of things and it has to lead somewhere because obviously some of the best things we've always talked about are one-off episode arcs that don't go anywhere. I just think there's a difference in something that's a bit fun or something that kind of works as opposed to something that feels like it should be bigger. It feels like it's part of Christian's life. As soon as you bring up the fact that, you know, he was abused as a child and things like this, to me it feels like it should be a bigger thing and it just it just doesn't, this episode, and like Christian is just so wasted this episode. I, I can't think of another episode where Christian just had so little to do and they're gone for the big guns to try and play it out this way, which really just doesn't work for me. So, yeah, I mean, I... I just reiterate, I'm not necessarily talking down everything should be going somewhere, but I just feel something on this scale should be more, you know, particularly the gigolo stuff that's lasted two episodes and it's kind of going to lead up to just a, an ending that we're going to get soon. So, yeah. You certainly get the feel of, you know, that this is a 22-episode season and that you do get these episodes that kind of feel not entirely connect, connected to everything else. So, yeah, there's definitely... There's definitely fat that could be trimmed from from a lot of these episodes, I think, and and this might be a case of one of them. But uh, we then move on, and we've got the you know the Dawn and Freddie, you know, so we find out that they've kind of fallen for each other, and um, they're in there, and um, you know, Dawn's in her neck brace and all that, and uh, basically uh, Freddie needs an ass lift because um, it's it's flat as a pancake or something like that. But uh, yes, yeah, so this is obviously going to set us up for um, Freddie's surgery scene and and uh, that towards the end of that. But um, 
Uh, then we get obviously the text in the middle. I love the text that Sean gets from Eden. My throat wants your dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a text message. Back, yeah, back to Eden because this was back 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 in the days where you needed to uh, to sign off, you know, from a text. Yes, you know, exactly. My back to Eden. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just again, I love this Dawn and Freddie stuff, and I kind of like the um, you know the assumptions that Freddie's gay. Because, you know, just, the, what is, was it Christian or Sean says something like that? This really surprised me. He's like, what, because of my flamboyant ways? You know, and he starts talking about, like, fantasy football and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I just it's just such a nice little, um, you know, start to this sort of thing that's really not going to go anywhere, spoiler alert. But I just kind of like the way, like, Dawn's going to, like, and Freddie, Pr- Freddie Prune gives wicked head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, just the way he says that. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, I love how Dawn keeps going off about like the phones messaging every five seconds. Yes. And then like yes. Christian obviously gets one too before he leaves. So I just kind of love Dawn's reaction to all of this too. It's funny. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously he, uh, you know, Christian gets the, the text and you know, that, um, um, Gwen has taken the drugs and he's like, right, got to go. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm there straight away and he arrives and, and, uh, then we get the completion of this, this, um, Small story arc, um, yeah, he kind of takes her out and uh, realises things have gotten a little bit out of hand. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he kind of calls the ambulance. They're going to be there in kind of five to ten minutes or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, and then he kind of puts the, the the necklace on her, you know, and um, uh, eventually, yeah, she just kind of kind of comes to, you know. He's, he thinks she's dead and, um, yeah, he's kind of praying, please, please, please. And I, I like the kind of acting in terms of him shaking and things like that i think that that's um a nice little touch and then yeah she just kind of out of nowhere just kind of takes this this big grasp you know after he's put the um big grasp big gasp i should say um after he's put the necklace on her which you know as you're saying is maybe a little bit on the preachy side um yeah i mean i don't hate it as much as i think you're going to i yeah it it feels like a a nice little capper to this this mini story arc that we've got over two episodes um but yeah i i would agree that it's time to move on and give christian something a bit more meaningful to do I just feel that you could go either direction with this. Just, like, leave it what you had at the end of last episode, that's all you needed, or make it a longer-term thing. It just, it just, it just the way they kind of cap it off. And what I don't understand is this Gwen woman's kind of come up with this elaborate plan and obviously going to tell him that this is the thing. And as a doctor, surely Christian needs to be there when she gets in the bath and not just wait for a text message saying, I've done it, I'm ready. Because, you know, traffic... <laughs> Um, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like car yeah, breaks down. Like a bit of a strange thing, so yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, kind of think he's opened himself up to this situation. Um, and it's just like, this is my whole thing with this episode. Like, what is the per- point of this? Like, it's, it's not like he has a revelation and comes back and talks to the nun, um, later on. Like, I know he kind of goes there and says, like, will you pray with me? And kind of the ending, but like, sit down and talk to her about, I just recently had a liaison with a former fling of mine and it made me question, like, I don't know, seemingly explain it more. There's no explanation to why Christian does this and nearly gets a woman killed because of it. And yeah, just like, I'm not going to fault the acting, like, the acting's not bad, but just the scene when he's there and he's like praying and just, no, no, just like, this is just such a, just an absolute... Just not a fan of this at all, and this to me just really sours this episode on an already sour note for kind of the Christian stuff. So, yeah, I just I'm just not a fan, and just the way she kind of wakes up and then he just kind of leaves, and then we kind of get this weird editing as she kind of gets wheeled out and everyone's taking photos of her. Who is she? A celebrity? Like, come on! And then he just the way he kind of like sits in the car and just looks over the shoulder, like, uh, 
It's just, nah, not, not a fan in the absolute sliders. I think it's, I'll be honest with you, I think it's one of the worst kind of runner scenes in all of Nip Tuck that we've had up to this point. No, it's really weird to me because I don't, I don't see that. I think it's, yeah, I mean, I definitely see the, the lack of a good storyline here, but for me, I think the, the acting kind of papers over any cracks that are there. I, you know, I find it, I find it just easy to, to enjoy these episodes just for the acting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not something that really, that really bothers me all that much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, everyone to themselves. Um, then we move into, um, the Freddy surgery scene. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and, um, basically, it's a very quick surgery scene. I think it's one of the things I also had in my notes here is we don't often get three different, um, patients in the one episode. You know, obviously Dawn herself, Freddie, and the nun, you know, and we only saw two of the three surgeries, but, um, it's still quite a lot for one episode. It's, it's unusual to get that many in one episode. Um, and, you know, after the surgery, you know, <laughs> Dawn apparently seems to be wanting to get back on the game pretty much straight away and Freddie talks about interesting note here because this 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 might come in important in about two minutes time when he says that his ass feels like it's been attacked by killer bees <laughs> um, so just just remember that in about two minutes time um, and Christian has this talk with Dawn in private about basically you know is is she with him for the right reasons um, I was a little bit confused by this scene um, what did you take away as being kind of the reasons behind this scene I don't know, because, like, to me, I always... I know where this storyline goes, and I kind of assumed we had this sort of resolution in this episode, but kind of looking through everything here, we don't really get a resolution to this storyline and anything that's being meant for at least another three or four episodes. So it's it's kind of just planted there, and it's kind of random. So, yeah, there's... To me, the only kind of assumption is that Freddy enjoys the finger a little bit too much, and that's going to kind of lead to something coming on a little bit later on. But, um... One thing, one thing which is actually quickly to point out, which I completely forgot, because we've talked about sort of guest actors in this show that we think maybe deserve sort of Emmy nominations and that for guest actor. Uh, we actually get two actors in this, uh, guest actors in this season who will get nominated for best outstanding or most outstanding guest actor in a drama series. Uh, sadly neither one, but one of them is actually Oliver Platt, who, uh, was nominated for Freddie Prune, his role. So, uh, I kind of think that's like an that. interesting thing, because the other one will be Colleen, uh, when Colleen comes into it, Sharon Gleiss. Uh, or Glass, sorry. So, yeah. Um, I know I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent there with the question you asked, but, um, it's just, it's, it, it, it comes back later, but a little bit, you know, almost when you've forgotten by it, about it by then, I feel. Yeah, I guess for me, the reason I'm asking is that I thought maybe, um, he's kind of saying, oh, he, that basically insinuating that Freddie's a gold digger, um, or was it that, you know, that he, you know, Christian thinks he's gay, which is kind of, I think, the way I think it's the gay thing. I definitely think it's yeah. the, it's always yeah. the gay assumption, and it's ultimately where it's going to lead to with this storyline. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, and then, uh, obviously, uh, we, we get <laughs> the return of the arse bander again, has just made his way into McNamara Troy, regardless of the fact that this is the second time that this has happened. Um, so, yes, Freddie has, has just had an arse lift, and... Uh, I assume that while he's still in recovery, at least, and probably for another week or so afterwards, he's going to be in um, a reasonable amount of pain. So the idea that he's going to get any joy out of somebody um, sticking his finger up his ass, even if he is into that kind of thing, um, seems highly unlikely. Um, yeah. And not to mention the fact that there would probably be bandages and dressings and things like that around his ass. So somebody just wandering in and just sticking a finger up. But I know it's a minor thing, but it just it, it kind of just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um the way this kind of this kind of ends. It's um it's a bit weird, but yeah, I mean obviously the 
the um, subtext here is that Freddie, yeah, as you say, likes the finger a bit too much. And I think kind of just back to your point too, kind of just reading over my notes to kind of refresh myself there was that, uh, yeah, I definitely think it is the assumption of being gay because that's, you know, when Christian says like, oh, I don't think it's Jennifer Anderson you need to worry about, you know, because he's like, Rosie's talking about, um, you know, he has a thing for the busty blondes. He's still crying over Anna Nicole and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. But like the thing that I think kind of just with this whole ass bandit thing, they just could have done so much more with it. But, um, again, Freddie knows, like Ro- Dawn has told her this, um, told him this, sorry. So it's just, it's kind of interesting. And like, again, as you said, like he's had surgery on his butt. Like this is a very sore person in that area. Um, it's just interesting. I do, um, I do like the actor who plays the ass bandit. Doc, was it Dr. Greg or something like that? Dr. George. Um, he's kind of just, he is so freaking creepy the way he does it. I mean, how do you get that role? How does your agent kind of come, oh, you got a role in Nip Tuck? Oh, yep, who are you playing? Oh, you'll be playing the guy who sticks fingers up bums and sexually assaults people. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it seems like a whole lot of needless setup for something that's not really an important um, factor on the show. But uh, anyway, mo- moving along, we get I think what is a really cool scene here, which is kind of oh, and yeah. I know I mean who normally doesn't like these kind of dream or hallucination scenes, but it's Sean having a uh, basically like a consult with himself, at least the version of him, the potential future version of him that has slept with, you know, given into temptation and slept with Eden. Um, and, you know, like she's lied and said that he raped her and, you know, it's cost him everything, his practice, his family, um, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that they kind of have made Sean up to, to kind of look a bit, you know, bedraggled. He's got, you know, a, a, a bit of, um, you know, he hasn't shaved in a few days and, you know, the watery eyes. And, you know, I think they've... Uh, yeah, they've they've done a really good job here. Um, I'm not really all that keen on the chopping of the balls off, but um, yeah, I think that uh, it is kind of well played. I think they do a good job here. Um, yeah, it's it's almost a bit of a, like a golem type scene, isn't it? But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I like it too. I think it's kind of clever. I mean, again, sort of, it's just there, but it's it's kind of it's a very clever scene the way it happens, and you know, just him his thought process obviously about what would happen if he does give in to temptation. So it's a unique scene, and kind of I enjoy it. And I think yeah, the, the way they make up Dylan Walsh to look like and that opposite side of the thing is um. You know, it looks, he really does look disheveled and everything. And then obviously, you know, before Kate comes in, I just think, yeah, it's, it's a very clever scene. Yes. Yeah, it is good. And then, yes, obviously Kate comes in and um, one of the things I wanted to point out here is she's actually happy. Uh, she's coming with all this kind of fresh produce and they're going to make a salad or something like that. And, uh, yeah. and uh, No one's that of, happy making a salad. Fuck off. No, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. And, yeah, and so he's, um, you know, he, he reciprocates the, the feelings of love and, and proposes marriage, which is all <sighs> a bit sudden. Um, but I think this is kind of, this is going to be a bit of a trope, I think, for season five and six is that people seem to jump into this kind of love thing quite often. It's, yeah, it's, you know, and the marriage thing, it kind of comes up quite a bit. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's not unusual, I suppose, for this, this show going forward. It's not the worst proposal that comes out of nowhere between two characters that have no chemistry this season. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes, I think I know where you're going with that. But uh, yeah, uh, anyway, we uh, yeah we get back and, and Christians at the church. I know already you're going to hate this scene. Um, basically, you know, kind of talks to um, to the nun. I wish they'd given her a name. It seems a bit strange to have not given her a name at all. Um, and uh, yeah, basically says he you know quote unquote lost the um, 
the St. Christopher um, necklace, and, and he's got a 24-karat gold one for her, of course, being Christian, everything's got to be uh, a bit too much. Um, and, yeah, so it's yeah, she's obviously um, quite frosty towards him until he suggests praying together, um, which they then go and do. And uh, that's more or less the episode, I think. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, so, yeah, you know, I'm going to let you rant because I'm sure you, you're going to want to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, coming from, from my perspective of, of somebody who's been exposed to this kind of thing before, it's, um, yeah, it's certainly um, it's certainly preachy and a little bit over the top. But um, I think it's quite a it's quite a sweet way to end the episode. Um yeah, I, I think we probably get a little bit too wrapped up in being, you know, of, of the kind of religious overtones of the show and whether we should like or hate them. And I think just at the end, it's two characters that I've kind of enjoyed in this episode. Um, I think they've kind of bounced off each other well. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I personally don't have anything against that. But uh, over to you. I mean, I think I've kind of said mainly what I've needed to say. I mean, firstly, this church, I swear it's still the same church they use when they use those ones from, like, season one and season two. But, I mean, it looks slightly different. Um, I just feel we needed to get him to sit down and break down with his nun or just kind of have more explanation. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, I lost your thing. Here's a gold one. Will you pray with me? What for? I don't know. I just want to pray. You know, um, it's, it's, I just don't see the purpose of it. And I just don't, yeah, it just, it just takes me out of the episode. So, I mean, I've said pretty much, I think all I needed to say in terms of my opinions of it, I just, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing for, for this. And it's, it's like, you can have your religious sort of things every now and then, but it's just when it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's sort of served for a purpose in this that really doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. I just, yeah, I I think I've ranted enough about why I just do not like this whole storyline in this episode. Yeah, well, it's probably just one we're going to have to agree to disagree on, I suppose. it's um, we're, we're seeing different things, and that's never a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can totally see where, you, where you're going with this. Um, as somebody who at the start said I didn't like these these long seasons that kind of feel like they have subplots or storylines or, you know, even one episodes that kind of don't add to the overall experience, then, you know, I don't particularly enjoy them. So, I, I, you know, I totally get where you're coming from there as well. But uh, then that probably just leaves us to kind of um, kind of, you rate our episode and uh, I'm quite interested in seeing where you're going to go with this. Um, so I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to bin it. Um, I look, I enjoy the Dawn stuff. I enjoy the Eden stuff. And usually I'm the type of person who's saying like, this saves it for me from being a bin. And I think I said that sort of recently with, uh, some of the episodes we've had in the last couple of weeks, but then on the flip side, there can be stuff that just really on the opposite, just really take it down for me. And I just, the Christian just stuff just, just doesn't work for me at all. Just not at all. And I just think this is just such a wasted episode. I mean, yeah, we get some good Eden stuff, you know, Dawn stuff's usually fun, but it's just, it's not enough to save it for me. So I will say it's a quote high bin, uh, out of all the, of all the bins, this is the highest rated bin. Um, this is number 58 out of 63 episodes. I've got it there. And now I think if I quickly go through this, this is the seventh episode I've binned. So out of the seven episodes I've binned, this is the best. Um, but uh, that's only really because of the Dawn and Eden stuff. But yeah, it's still to me, um, just not worthy of being saved. Uh, no St. Christopher crosses or nuns involved in this one. <laughs> Well, I think this is, you know, after last episode, I think you, Ben, and I, and I bought, I think we're, uh, and, and we said that doesn't happen very often, it's going to happen twice in a row, because I'm going to wow. buy it, I actually, I really enjoy this, and uh, probably one of the things that I will say is that it's probably a little bit conditional in that it's a season five buy, which is a bit different from um, a season one to four buy, um, and that 
I might be looking ahead and thinking there might not be another buy on the horizon for me for a little while. So maybe I'm giving it a little bit because um, I want to enjoy this while I can. Um, I, you know, I want to keep up the positivity for as long as I possibly can. But I don't have. The, I also don't have the same kind of bad feelings that you've got for the episode. I enjoy the kind of um, the, the the one hit characters that we get here. I think that they're interesting. Um, yeah, there's definitely problems here for sure, but um, you know, for the most part, I was really enjoying it. Um, I think the acting overall was really, really good. I think even the the actors who I who I you know previously said don't bounce off each other well. So kind of like you know the Sean Kate stuff. I think that that's a lot better this time around. Um, so yeah, I think you know for me, even if you're not really enjoying the the story, which I am. Um, I still think the acting's you know well worth watching here, so I'm I'm happy to close it out with a with a buy. Um, but yes, as I say, it's a season five buy, which makes it slightly different from the others. I would say. Interesting stat for those at home who give a shit about this sort of things. This is officially the 300th episode of television that we have either bought, rented, or binned it. So there's a statistic for you for our long-term Oz Network listeners who perhaps uh, listen to everything that we put out. You've apparently listened to at least 300 TV episodes that we've rated. Wow, well, there you go. And 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 uh, interesting that it's um you know, from one extreme to the other in this episode. So I guess that's uh, kind of fitting in a way, I suppose. I don't know. Well, um, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of just to jump ahead to you, what you're about to say about previewing the next episode, it's interesting that you say about how there's not really a buy on the horizon, because I'll just quickly say to chime in here, because I know you're about to ask me the question, I'm rude for interrupting, but I'll just say my opinion really does drastically change for the next episode, because I actually have a lot to like about the next episode, and I feel that you might be on the opposite. I think you might not like a lot in the next episode, which is kind of interesting. So I'm looking forward to talking about Chaz Darling with you. <laughs> Who doesn't want to talk about Chaz Darling? Yeah, no, I think it's um as we talked about, we kind of alluded a little bit to the you know the stuff with Christian and and Eden, which I think is fun. Is that we've had you know kind of four episodes where Eden's been running the show, and and now that's going to change a little bit. And um, I like that. I mean, you know, you and I are Survivor fans, and you know we we enjoy it when uh, there's a blind side, and you know the the tables get turned and things like that, and and that's what's going to happen next. So I think that's a little bit of fun. Um, yeah, I think the Sean and Kate stuff kind of wraps up too, and um, you know. I think for, for the most part, I'm kind of pleased about that. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there, there'll be some stuff to talk about, I suppose. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I like it. It's It's got some, like, twists and turns in it that I, even having seen the show plenty of times, that I always forget kind of how it turns out. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting about it with you. Excellent. Oh, well, we, we look forward to coming back and talking about that uh, in the next episode. But, uh for right now, that's, uh, that's it for, for us. So uh, make sure you, you hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all the all the usual spots. I, I know there's a third one I always forget. Oh, YouTube. That's the one I always forget <laughs> is YouTube. Um, but, you know, rate us on iTunes if you feel so inclined. Um, appreciate any feedback you've got for us. But uh, until next time, uh, I've been Nick. And uh, you look like a buttercup and you turn my freaking crank around and around and around and around. God damn it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ben and... I want to inspire people with my faith, not my bosom size. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.